Three companies, disrupting what you know about marketing and branding. Welcome to M Squared. Hello friends, welcome to another edition of M Squared. I'm your host Dan Ryan. I'm here joined always with co-host Mike Bloomfield, the Techie Geek. Hello. We also have Anthony Repichulo, PR Sizzle. What's up, brother? Special guest today, Joe Torinello. CEO of Meals on Wheels here in Staten Island. Hi, Dan. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Been a little bit since we've done this, right? Glad to have somebody in here. We're coming up on the holiday season, and what better organization to share and, and talk about than one that a lot of the people in the room are involved in, and we love being able to see the kindness and, and the giving that happens here in Staten Island. So why don't you share a little bit about what you guys do? And, and then- I guess I, first and foremost, we are proud to have Meals on Wheels as one of our clients. So we thank Joe and the team and everything that they're doing over there. But one of the things before we kick it to Mike is that a lot of people don't realize that how important Meals on Wheels actually is. If you've ever driven around Staten Island, you see them go by all over the place. But a lot of people don't understand what they do. They're providing meals to homebound seniors that can't get out of their homes, that can't provide or cook for themselves. And they're doing this every day. And it's one of those things, it's, we talk about a lot of stuff on the show, but it's one of those things where you almost don't recognize what they're doing and what's going on until you need it. I also think what was just shared was you have 28 trucks, but you have another 40 plus. 48 volunteer routes. Yeah, it's incredible. But it's one of those and things that you don't know you need it till you need it. You're not thinking about it. And I'm on the board of Meals on Wheels for a number of years now. And it's an amazing organization, but you sit on the board and you learn and you, and you meet the volunteers at the volunteer like appreciation, holiday. They do a gathering and they do different things throughout the year. And they always, you don't realize, they always need volunteers. And right. I've done it a few times, nowhere near as much as I wish I had time to do it. I know it, the executive club did it once. We've before. done it. But it's really, I brought my daughter with me. She enjoyed it. We went out. We, we did it, I think, on the holidays in between Christmas and New Year's right. time when they, because they usually down volunteers that time, so they always could use. And, hey, bringing my six-year-old around, she gets to see. And it's then, a great lesson and then, and then the the seniors see the kids, and they light up because they're like, oh, how are you? And not only are they giving a meal, a lot of times this is the only person that this homebound senior has interaction with. So it's also, as a volunteer, they train you. If they don't answer the door, don't just leave it. Call the nurse. Call. They want to get in touch. They want to make sure that the person's okay. This could be the life or death. And also, how do they look? Are they and everything? And it's a really, it's great. So we do, this was my rant to say, we definitely need volunteers at Meals on Wheels. So it it takes an hour of your time. And you can do it. And they have a South Shore route. They have a North Shore volunteer routes. And it's really something done special. You could do it ad hoc. It's very easy. So if you want to volunteer, Meals on Wheels with us. <laughs> and on Staten Island, before we get to Joe, on Staten Island, a lot of people tend to forget or when people talk about food insecurity, you say, oh, that's not a problem on Staten Island. Right? A lot of people think that. And and I don't know why, but that is a stigma. But they this organization- They only think it's like- Certain areas, to your point. Exactly. Not mm-hmm. island-wide. But it really is an island-wide need and island-wide requirement because they're doing almost a million meals a year. And Joe's going to elaborate and tell me if I got that number wrong. But- you're talking 750,000 meals a year to seniors. And I'm going to guess, Joe. Every zip code. And by the way, 
these guys get, gave such great information that I really don't need to say. <laughs> no, we wanted to set you no, up. But, we wanted to tee it up. But yeah, actually, our greatest growth in the last year or so has been on the South Shore. Down, every zip code is covered, and we have had to add another truck to bring meals down to the South Shore because we have many of our over 20 volunteer routes from the South Shore. We're not going to have a volunteer drive up to Port Richmond to go back down to Tottenville, so we bring the food out to them. They have their insulated bags. We try to keep the volunteer routes to less than 15 so that they can do their delivery, get it done, and fulfill their need and their obligation to be a volunteer. It works because a volunteer volunteers one day a week. So each of those 48 routes has five volunteers. And person, I always use my brother as an example. When he retired, he got a volunteer. First, he was an emergency volunteer. Right. He got his own route in Westerly where he lives, and it's Friday. He plays golf on Monday. He goes to Atlantic City on Wednesday. But Friday mornings, he's there to pick up his food and deliver to That's great. the people he serves. And, and you become attached. You know that the, the people that you're, you're delivering to are happy to see you. Uh, he talks about times when his granddaughter was off from school, bringing her along, and how they lit up seeing a child, a young child there. And there's a lot of that. But yes, the That's volume great. of meals that you mentioned is growing because we're committed to never have a waiting list. We're committed to keep things responding to all of the need that we see in our community. And last year or the year before, you celebrated 50 years of the organization, correct? 50, yeah, we opened 1972, and we celebrated our 50th anniversary. Now it's 51 years we've been delivering meals. Some community leaders decided it was important to do 1972 and got it started. Tell us a little bit about you, though. You've been there, you said, 16 years. I'm with Meals on Wheels 16 years. I'm a social worker by profession, a lifelong Staten Islander who grew up down right off of South Avenue, down the road a bit over here. Have Actually, my whole career has been providing services on Staten Island. An earlier part of my career was children's services, and I went to mental health, and then probably about the last 30 years in aging services. And working for Meals on Wheels for me has been the highlight of my career. At this point, they're working with wonderful staff in the kitchen. Our staff drivers, we have 28 trucks on the road. Three of our trucks don't take food from here. They go to our kosher subcontractor, Ben Zahabi, at the JCC. They deliver kosher and halal meals on the island. The rest of our trucks are either bringing food out to volunteers or they're from our office. They're leaving and and delivering. You make more meals yeah. Right, a week than any of the catering halls in Stanhope, correct? I would think so because we ha- if we are serving right now twelve hundred people, averaging twelve hundred people a day. If you, if you consider people, new staff, new uh, recipients coming on, and and people uh, leaving off temp or whatever, uh, we're averaging over fourteen hundred people a month. Let's use the figure twelve hundred a day, sending out two meals. That's twenty four hundred meals leaving our kitchen. The kitchen staff, great group, are in at five in the morning, start cooking, starting to prep our cold meal getting all the cold meals put in refrigeration. Hot meals come out of the oven. They're starting to package the hot meal. When the hot meals are coming out, we start loading the trucks. So those South Shore trucks I mentioned, those three trucks that go out to St. Mark's Methodist all the way out on uh, Amboy Road, they're the first ones to leave with all the meals in there to bring out to the volunteers out there. Then one truck after the other, and then we have our volunteers coming in. We ask them not to come in until 10, 1030 because our trucks are out on the road. They come in, the North Shore volunteers. And they're picking up their food. So there's that volume of food. And I like to say, I don't come in at five. Our kitchen staff does. But when I'm leaving the office later in the day and I walk through the kitchen, it looks like nothing happened there at all. They clean it up and we got great staff who you wouldn't know 2,400 meals left that kitchen. It, it's a well-oiled machine. And yeah. good stuff's coming out of it. Oh, We've yeah. gone in there and done oh. behind the scenes. We've done video footage. It's not what you're thinking when you're thinking, oh, meals on wheels. The, the right. food, it's not hospital food. It's definitely uh, not hospital food. The stuff that's coming out no, of the this kitchen is, is healthy, good. And it's healthy nutrition. Our chef puts together his menu cycle, six-week menu cycle, that has to be approved by the nutritionist at the Department for the Aging. We're primarily funded by the New York City Department for the Aging. Okay. We provide meals for se- several 
managed long-term care providers like VNS New York, Arch Care, uh, Home First. Not that many, but we provide meals for some of their patients or their, their clients. The, the fact that those meals each meet one-third recommended dietary requirement. Our chef was required by the Department of the Aging to uh, scale up plant-based protein. We're doing more vegetarian, uh, vegan meals as well. They've been good. I, I joked with Trying our, to be trendy. I joked with our chef the other morning. I said, this lentil with vegetables, vegetable, the protein meal. I said, this is great. We should do lentil every day. I'm a lentil fan. But in any case, that variety of meals, they're healthy. And I always observed to make sure they look good. Visual is very important when you're eating. It's, everything shouldn't all be the same color. It's great right. when you have oranges and greens with the carrots. And well, that's a, the Italian you know, in you. That's it, Eric. Yeah, that's true. I think it's important too for the the consumer side. Right. Like you you actually you're saying it's not hospital food. That makes you feel better about yourself, right? You have a, a prepped meal. You're sitting right. down and eating something. Yes. That's, that's good. It's it's yeah. for you, and it's something that you can take a little bit of pride in that you have, and makes you feel better. And the portions are the right portions to satisfy that one third RDA. Now it's not RDA. It's DRG. All right, dietary regimen, dietary required group, the, the old RDAs. Yeah, they look good. And I'll get to the point that you mentioned too, that interaction between the deliverer and the recipient is so important because we put it on the same level. That relationship, that knowing that somebody sees me every day, somebody cares about me, if something's not right, there's somebody who's going to intervene. We know we've saved lives. By the way, we have two nurses on staff who are part of our intake process. The number of calls coming in is phenomenal. It keeps coming in very strong. They're evaluating whether the individual has any special dietary requirements. Dental challenges in aging is underappreciated, under, not understood totally how many people right. have those challenges. So we have a number of people who need a puree meal. It could be the same meal that everyone else is getting, but it's pureed or chopped in, in some scenarios. Somebody has renal disease, renal, needs a renal diet because they have kidney disease, diverticulosis, the ADA diet, the Diabetic Association diet, a cardio-friendly diet. So we're responsive to all those special needs. Our nurses help assess that. We reassess periodically. We actually partner with wonderful partnership with College of Staten Island Nursing Program. Actually, the nurses are in today. These are students who are already registered nurses working on their bachelor's degrees. And they're in our office one day a week. They're the ones who are calling recipients, just, just double-checking that the diet is correct, any other changes that, that we may need to know about so that we're sending out the right food. We're not a medical program. We're just assessing for their health and wellness. Often we have for-profit businesses in here, and they talk about, we talk to them about how they built their brand. But a lot of it, it lends to giving back to the community. But this is like the reverse. So how do you build your brand off of being able to give back? And it sounds like a lot of it's grassroots and really people here tremendously growing. is It's great. How do you brand that side of it and make it well, visible to people? It's, it's our challenge. It's it, Because of the volume of intake we get, we don't need to, quote, advertise for more clients because we get those calls constantly. Uh, we, we do partner with the Community Agency for Senior Citizens, CASC. The way the Department for the Aging is set up is that all of the home-delivered meal programs in the city have to be partnered with the case management agency. CASC, their social workers then also not only assess that, confirm that the person can be receiving meals from us, from us, but are you eligible for Medicaid? Do you need help with uh, accessing the energy assistance programs, other needs that they may have? So that partnership is very important. Our challenge every year has been that we do have a defined budget with the Department for the Aging, the number, the amount of money they're going to spend, uh, uh, pay us for our services. So our fundraising has always really been important in terms of uh, enabling us to maintain our commitment that goes back to 1972, not to have a waiting list to serve everyone in need. Our Offices are 
developed to the nth degree at this point. We've added refrigeration. We've added freezers. We've used every square foot that we can. We have still been in the process of looking for a site where we can build a larger kitchen, and that's still in process. So hopefully you have big space for that amount of meals. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. You go to a catering hall and you look at their kitchen. Oh yeah, and then you go and see what they they're making work. What it's, they're working it's with? Incredible. We've been you've been even before I was on the board. They were working and breaking ground, and and that fell through. Yeah. And it's probably six plus years now, if not longer. It's been the process has been going on for a while. We originally the original plan fell through. It wasn't right. gonna, financially wasn't going to work out. I, I should when I talk about. Delivery, by the way, before we get away from that, we've had a wonderful partnerships that go precede me more than 16 years, maybe more than 20 years. We partner right now with 11 organizations on Staten Island that provide services for people with special needs, developmental disabilities, special needs. Those programs are required to provide meaningful activity through their day have programs for their consumers. Their, sure. Consumers is the term they use, not clients. And they cover many of our volunteer routes. And I call it, and so it's a wonderful activity for them, for those individuals, that they're doing something active. They're helping other people rather than just being the people being helped. We get valuable service because they're covering so many of our volunteer routes. It's a mutual, beneficial relationship where they pay us nothing, we pay them nothing, and we both get great value out of it. Right. And over the years, we've hired some of those individuals. And right now we have five of our staff out of our 50, 10% of our staff came out of those programs working in the kitchen and other parts of the agency. So just an important relationship I want to throw in there when we're talking about volunteering. That's and talking about community stuff, I know you guys do a number of things. Like like right now, we're coming to the end of the, the Donate and Dine campaign, which mm -hmm. is the partnership you guys have with restaurants where you donate $75 to Meals on Wheels. You get a $50 gift card. That's one of the things that you guys are doing to, to get your name recognized. But today is a special day because even whenever this airs, which should be next week, today is still the official launch of the today. Subaru Share the Love campaign. Yes. So talk a little bit about that campaign and what it's done and what it means. Great program. Uh, we've been doing it. I, I should have looked up how many years it's been. It's probably five, six, seven years now, if not more. Every year uh, we're invited. That's sponsored through Meals on Wheels America. We're, it's, uh, Meals on Wheels America is a member organization, and it's been great being part of that membership. They sponsor it with uh, Subaru Share the Love. And uh, basically we, uh, we announce it like today. We're announcing that it starts we will highlight the Share the Love program at various events. When we have Michael made reference to our uh, volunteer appreciation dinner, which is going to be and where we inv invite board members to go on December the 5th. And other things we, we're doing, we, uh, Thanksgiving Day, we're delivering turkeys, turkey dinners to uh, our recipients that our nurses have identified who are going to be alone. That becomes another Share the Love event. And it's with the Tommy Buyer at Buyer's Market, prepares all that food, packages all those dinners, and members of the South Shore Kiwanis do the delivery. Right. And I go out there every year on Thanksgiving morning, and I see them coming out with their families on Thanksgiving morning delivering food. They do it again on Christmas. And that becomes part of our Share the Love example, appreciation of volunteers, Share the Love. Labella Market does That's right. I forgot uh, about Labella. Labella Marketplace. Yeah, that'll commence soon. That, yep. that'll run we'll kick that off very soon. So those events all together, I, I put notes here for myself, make sure I didn't forget <laughs> anything. But no, it's great to do it with, with Subaru and Share the Love. I try to make a, a visit to the, the dealership just to take a picture during maybe this month or, or I'll get out there. But it's a, it's a great annual event that uh, we're kicking off today. Timing is perfect for it worked for that. It worked that well. It's any any corporate sponsors or any big well, corporations that are listening or watching, this is a great opportunity for them to jump on right. board. Talk about there should be a DoorDash yeah, door sticker 
on every one of these on every that meal. go out because every one of these families has a, they have someone that could probably use DoorDash. And then what about that very large sum of money, that big donation that came in? Mackenzie Scott, Scott, right? Scott, I remember getting that call a couple of years ago. And, you got uh, one of those grants? Yeah. Wow. And I admit when I got the call, would you be available on, they gave the date at one o'clock for a phone call. Uh, I said, sure. And, and so they, they get me on the phone and they said, you're receiving a grant from Mackenzie Scott. Now I did, I, they said author and philanthropist. So what I said was, I'm, I like to read. I said, I'll have to, with this generous donation, yeah. I'll find some of her books. I didn't know who she was. I, I didn't recognize the name. So I did find out. And I, wow. Found out that she, that was the first year, of course, she had a major money after her divorce. And she gave out 386 grants across the nation, including 37 Meals on Wheels program. I looked through the whole list when it was published. And so we were lucky to be one of those 37 Meals. We got on their radar screen somehow. And maybe they heard we were looking to start to build a building or whatever. It's good PR. We got on, yeah. on there. It was a great boost for us. But it's been tough finding a secure location. It's not that easy. And I think I, I have memorized commercial properties for sale. Yeah, you're, pre- you're pretty well versed I'm in it. I'm constantly looking through there and evaluating some other options Because there's right some now. strict requirements, right? It's not just you could go out and pick oh, a location. Yeah. You need a location that has a kitchen, office space, parking for all 28 trucks plus volunteers and staff. And then the other thing is you're delivering every zip code, so it needs to be located that it can hop on a highway yeah. and get centrally throughout right. Staten Island right. at any point. So there's some ma- – and, and it's a shame because there was a, a great location that unfortunately fell through yeah. and very disappointing. We won't really get into that, but we, we all thought we – that was it. We finally found the place, and all everyone going towards that, and then it's ripped, the, ripped out from under you. And it's, it's a shame because it's really the second time Right. The, the rug was ripped out on a location. The first time with the, the cost and financially when I worked due to, I think, being on city property and then the cost to the union workers and, and, and that, what that would have cost to build. It was also landmark. Uh, oh, land, that was also landmark. A lot of the requirements yeah. are landmarking. But anyway, and we had to keep redefining that plan and to downsize it, to downsize it after a couple of years. And we really compromised more than we wanted to. We eliminated offices because we couldn't afford to keep a second floor. Right. Things like that. But in any case, it's what happened. So if you're an agent listening in a yeah, great right. commercial space, <laughs> please reach out. So Wait, on the, this podcast, we're going to get him a new spot. Yeah. We're going to find a new building. What else you need? Subaru. You need we'll, get him, we'll get him a new car from Subaru. <laughs> no, I'm, I need <laughs> the, the We need the new truck. Yeah, need new trucks. <laughs> you know, with the growth, are we our parking lot now is packed, the, the trucks. And we have to have a lock gate. One, the, uh, the last, actually, the Department for the Aging funded trucks last year. We got three trucks from them, but it packed out a lot. Now we have, but behind our building, our parking is across the street on Post Avenue. Right behind our building, between the outdoor freezer and refrigerator and the fence, was room for one of our smaller trucks. So that truck has to park in there now because we can't fit in. Now, meanwhile, my COO, CEO, Chief Operating Officer, Roseanne Holt, says, Joe, we're going to need another truck. The growth on the South Shore, I need to do another truck route on the South Shore. I said, all right, so let me get out and start looking for funding for that. Where are we going to put it? We are looking for, for more parking <laughs> somewhere else, at least for the time being. Hopefully, if we get some another place where we're going to build, maybe that's going to have parking for at least our 28 trucks now, but I'm projecting maybe in 10 years needing parking for Several more than that. Well, and it's going to happen in 10 years. It's going to have to be electric vehicle because anything grant funded by the city. It's got to be. Yes. Bicycles. Just yesterday, we got uh, turkeys delivered from uh, Gata Environmental Services. Yeah, yes. 
And they donated 20 turkeys for us, which are going to be the turkeys that we're going to be using on Thanksgiving Day. It's a great donation they made. But they were both two staff there had electric cars. And I said, those are our future vehicles. Mike, in the future Mike has electric cars. That's why he's saying it. Well, Just you know, he's trying to be ahead of the driven by the signal. He's trying to be ahead of the And certainly thinking that way. Another site, we want to have, I want to have solar panels on the roof. And we talked about it when we were thinking about Seaview mm-hmm. to have charging stations, electric char- charging stations. Just to be eco-friendly ready for and ready, ready for that. Yeah. That's where everything is going in our uh, so one, society. One of the things we, we talk about a lot, and we, sometimes we try and avoid, but in this, this case, I want to make a point of it, is how COVID allowed a lot of brands and a lot of organizations and individuals to pivot, oh. right? To pivot because they had to learn a different way of doing stuff. I bring it up not because I want to talk about COVID. We don't want to talk about it, but I want to highlight what Meals on Wheels was doing because you guys didn't pivot. You guys continued to we deliver. Didn't you didn't stop. So talk about that. We were blessed. I tell you, we got through that time. We initiated every precaution we could from the staff masking, from having alcohol yeah, disinfectants yeah. all over the place, distancing. We did the best. We, we got face masks for staff. We instructed our drivers to distance while they delivered. We had the office. We had a company come in every week to decontaminate the whole offices, kitchen, everywhere. And we did all those things. And the staff, if, if staff, if a staff member showed any symptoms and they tested positive, they stayed home. Please stay home. Don't stay around. And, but yeah, and the kitchen staff particularly who work right next right. to each other, and it's working together, packaging the food, they were really in close proximity. Somehow we made it through all that time. And you didn't skip a beat. We no. didn't skip a beat. Uh, the census went up because not only were we getting our regular intakes, but there were other people calling because they didn't want to leave their homes or they couldn't leave their homes. Or for a while there, the city initiated Get Food NYC, and they told us to stop doing intakes. Get Food NYC would. So every call we got, we said, we have to refer you to this other thing. We were getting calls from these people saying, they're leaving a box on the floor. Sometimes the box not there outside on the, on the street. We negotiated with the Department for the Aging. Can we please resume the intakes? And they said, okay. So we started doing our own intakes. and Because the other guys weren't doing a good job. Well, the Get Food NYC was trying to cover a million people yeah. in the city. Yeah, it's a tough gig. So anyway, that we got through it. And I got a great staff to credit the, for that. The other people and brands and companies and organizations we've had on have always talked about how they pivoted, how they adapted, adjusted. I don't think, and you guys can correct me, I don't think we've ever had anyone on who, on the other end of their product or service, actually had people whose lives were depending on it. You're talking about Truly food, essential. Right. Food for people who are unable to go out and get it or unable to cook it and prepare it themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's it's pretty unique. Right. And even without pivoting, they still had a pivot. The board meetings went virtual. Right. Yeah. So even though it didn't affect them, it's still, I don't think there's a single organization that was not affected in some way. But yes, in terms of their main mission, their main focus, they were they they able to bang it out and kept going. And I don't, were you closed a day? I don't think any, you. The very beginning, in the very first couple of weeks, the Department for the Aging referred this Manhattan based provider of, of food to send them to us, which we didn't like. We didn't like the food we were getting. It was very brief. We didn't close. We were really having to package what we were receiving to get it out. So door. rather than cooking, you were just... Yeah, but it wasn't for long because we saw what... And I actually, on my phone right now, I have pictures taken of some of the... Not only did they not look good, it was a mishmash, but the sodium levels, because there would be the... There's way... Be, all of our meals start out low fat, low sodium. That's right. the baseline. We said, Mike's we, been eating them for years, look. <laughs> no, we can't do this. So we got off of that really quick. And the adjustment we made was de- in the very beginning, and it wasn't for long, we were doing more frozen meals and sending them out at once a week, five frozen meals for the week. 
But that didn't we didn't that didn't last for long either. And, we got back to regular. And a lot of what they a lot of their tough times really became because volunteers. Their volunteer count well, dropped tremendous drastically yeah. because well, people weren't leaving, they weren't going out. Using my brother's example, although my brother didn't stop, but most of our volunteers are retired seniors. They're people Vulnerable in their seventies. Yeah. Some of them are older than the people they're delivering to. They're active, vibrant seniors. And so, yeah, we did lose some who would not, didn't want to serve or deliver anymore. What would you say to someone listening or watching that's unfamiliar with the organization? There's over a thousand. What is it? What's the number? We, we know the number. 1,600. How many nonprofits? We there's get like this. 2,800. There's 1,600 that are active. active. So on there's Staten Island? 1,600. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that. So there's 1,600 active nonprofits on Staten wow. Island. Wow. Meals on Wheels is one of them. And if there's someone listening or watching who isn't familiar with Meals on Wheels, what do you, what do you tell them? What would you say to them? Describe the organization and, and why should someone support Meals on Wheels? Without ever having been asked that question before. because I'm trying to a, set you up, say. No, it's a good one. I'm trying to make it difficult. No, I mean, look, we have an aging society. We have people who are living longer, living a, able to live longer in the, the community, in the homes maybe where they raise their children uh, that has had that been home for their lives. And our average age has been 84 most of our census is people in their 80s and 90s. You're talking about older, frailer people. The other dynamic that's happened is adult children are moving to other places. It's much more likely now than it was 40 years ago yeah. where children are living in California and Florida and other places. And so they're, they're, the, the likelihood of an old, a frail, older person being alone has increased. Right. And there's a lot being written about depression and isolation. Isolation is a major issue in, in depression and in aging. It's so I think in a way we're addressing some of that isolation. Somebody just knowing somebody sees me, somebody cares about me, goes a long way. Yeah. And and just spending a little extra time. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but the, the dynamic now is even the city projections on population still are projecting a significant increase in aging our old adult population in New York City, right through the towards 2040. I like to use my brother again as an example. A 1946 baby, the baby boomers go from 1946 to 1964. I'm a baby boomer. My brother's in the first year. Our average age has been 84. The baby boomers aren't going to reach age 84 until 2030. Wow. So the, the, that, there's that wow. glut of population still in front of us, and that's going to run into the 40s and beyond. And I love to tell my millennial daughters, we'll be ready for the millennials in 2060, <laughs> but I yeah. won't be working in 2060. <laughs> but really, and the millennials are a little bit bigger than the baby boomers. <laughs> they are, by, by half a million or something. But So those are the dynamics we're looking at. And then, of course, the awareness now. I, I read more and more articles about food is medicine. Healthy nutrition is medicine. The other thing, sadly, you read about is the, the concept of seniors who are alone. Senior orphans is a term that I've read. It's sad to think of somebody being 85, 90 and being considered an orphan because right. there's nobody there. Because like you said, it's highly likely now that kids have moved on and they're out of state or whatever they may be. But I think you're touching on something that's unique. People don't talk about mental health enough. At all. Yeah, and you're right. They less likely think about mental health as senior citizens, being on their own and being isolated. I think it's something that is, is great that you make people aware of and yeah. talk about. Depression, isolation, and I'm going back years and years ago at a place that I, at a hospital I worked with a long time ago where somebody had made, we were treating, it was a mental health program, treating, treating older adults with mental services, mental treatment needs. And the comment coming from some administrative person was, the person is in their 80s and in a nursing home, they should be depressed. 
I'm going yeah. back about 25, 30 years ago. I don't think anybody would be saying that anymore. But there's people maybe who think that way. Yeah, if I'm going to be 85 and I'm alone, yeah, I'm going to be depressed or somebody's going to be depressed. Right. That doesn't mean we ignore it. We, we try to deal with it. We can only deal with it with our daily visits. Sadly, I've had ideas of wanting to expand something further, the old concept of significant others, that term. It's an old term. When I worked at CASC, I wondered about that concept of significant neighbors, trying to recruit neighbors of the elderly just to right. keep an eye Check on the Check in, neighbor. look after. Do you have any yard work need done? You need to change the light bulb. Because our volunteers do that. The volunteers are typically, could you bring my garbage can out to the street? Right. Or could you change the light bulb for me? And they'll do those extra little things. But people being more aware of their neighbors, their, their senior, their elderly neighbors, and, and being there to help. And, That's a great uh, idea, though. And it's probably something that people are already doing. That they do on their own. Right. They do it on their own, yes. We have a lady that walks on our block. She's, her house is like kitty corner from ours. She walked up, she saw my wife, and she said, are you Carrie? I remember you from when you were a little girl. And it was like, because we moved into the house that she yeah. grew up in. And so now she's seen our grandkids. But she'll, hey, can you come hit the yeah, yeah. do the light bulb on the porch or whatever? <laughs> sure. But it's, I'm sure it's something if you made an active campaign out of. I think that would yeah. catch on. Been wanting to really... Do that for years, and it's an idea. I love giving you work. I'll that's bring it. it up at the next board meeting. <laughs> and, uh, one other thing to throw in idea. there is that I should say, home-delivered meals start on a federal level. The Older Americans Act of 1964, 65 rather, thank you, Lyndon Johnson, initiated Medicare and Medicaid okay. for seniors. And in 1974, they added the Nutrition Act, which is what authorized home-delivered meals, us. Congregate meals is what a senior center is considered, a congregate okay. meal program. 1974, they initiated this program of one meal a day, standard. And so I've talked to people at Meals on Wheels America. I said, isn't it time, although now budgets on a federal, state, city level, this isn't maybe not the best time, but isn't it time that the Older Americans Act should be looking at two meals a day as being the standard for nutrition for seniors? It's been 50 years. Oh, it's interesting to think that they even think two meals a day is, or one meal a day is good. No, think about it. That's the whole thing. Like think about it. So he, fast. Right. He's telling, seniors should only eat once a day. Well, that's enough. <laughs> one of the other interesting things that I think is important that we mentioned, but we didn't touch on, is the number of veterans that, that oh, you're yes. serving, right? Oh, because yes. I know a couple of years ago at the annual dinner, they had a, a huge ceremony honoring the veterans. And again, it's something that people don't think about, and, and myself included. I'm not, not a lot of services for veterans yeah. on the island, so the and fact that you do it is We're great. on a committee, too, a vets committee and, and service-related. It's really a me- with a mental health focus. But the last count we did that we did that for that group was about 250 vets. That's not counting the spouses because most of our recipients are women. They're, they're older. Maybe they've had a husband that's passed away. We don't know. <laughs> that, that information is not requested at intake right. by, by CASC. But the number could be an equal number of, of widows, of vets that, that we're serving. So it could be that maybe close, over 500. Yeah, that's important. We try to do something every Veterans Day. For, we used to have some of our older volunteers and recipients who were vets meeting with high school students and showing them pictures. You remember B, Victor? Remember B, Victor. B? Remember B? B was an, a Navy nurse in the Pacific during World War II. And to have B, when she, we did those things, and have her picture as a 20-year-old, a 19-year-old in, in uniform, yeah. showing these 18-year-old students, 17-year-old students. And you can relate to this. This sure. is She was that young nurse during World War II. And we'd have other recipients who were coming with not full uniforms, but pictures and things. It's that's You're right. Thanks for bringing that up. That's an important Yeah, we have tons of veterans that are being served, tons of, of elders. Course. 
That's all grandmas and grandpas, right? Like not to mention people of every religion. What would grandma do? Kosher meals, hollow meals, all zip codes. This affects everybody. Interesting. Says I want to highlight it again because Dan said, joking around, to park the trucks in front of my house. You can if you want. You're welcome. <laughs> but like home alone. but not they had a. They got to be locked up. But they had a. They had to increase the number of vehicles and the number of routes and the number of meals being served on the South Shore. So earlier to our point of you saying that oh it doesn't affect every zip code. You're talking an area where people don't think there's anything going on. Right. And there's so much going on. They had to increase their routes, get new vehicles, and, and, and increase production of food to the South Shore. A couple of years Island. ago, in a hot, hot summer, we had gotten a donation. I believe it was from Home Depot of a bunch of fans, like big window fans. Our deliverers were getting information from recipients who needed a fan if they didn't have an air conditioning, whatever. And so there was one I offered to deliver myself who was out on the South Shore. All the way out on, was it Amboy Road or Arthur Kill Road? And I drove out there. I had the address, but I couldn't find the house. I couldn't find it. And uh, now South, these South Shore neighborhoods are nice, affluent neighborhoods. I finally parked around a corner in the vicinity where I thought it would be, and I started walking, and I saw this old house literally almost falling apart with vegetation in front that you could barely see the house. I walked in there, and the window shade was awry, and, and an old gentleman came to the door and thanked me for the fan. I glanced in, and... That's like a South Shore affluent neighborhood. There's, there are people who are struggling and having a hard time, and maybe that's where he raised his family. Maybe that's where he had been for the last 50, 60 years. And so, yeah, with the whole island, every corner, every neighborhood, we're there. So an investment in Meals on Wheels is more than just giving a donation to feed a homebound senior. It's really an investment in keeping the community at large going, moving forward, and, and yep. together. Yep, Staten Island, keeping our community going, Staten Island. And thanks to the Advance, which has always been a great partner. And uh, don't give Dan does. any credit for anything. <laughs> no, really. Don't, do no, don't give Dan any credit. <laughs> no, it's been they've been great. And uh, having been a paper boy when I was uh, twelve years old, and uh, <laughs> delivering the Advance back then, and uh, but uh, yeah, it's been a, a, a great part of our community. And thank you for inviting me today. No, this is really great. We really appreciate you coming in here, and honestly, for being an outsider, hearing about this, it's. Hearing good makes you want to do good. We'd love to do more and participate with some of the different things that we're doing. Let me pick up on one thing Mike was talking about, for volunteers. We can still use volunteers with our growth. And a, a person who wants to volunteer, it's only going to be maybe an hour or so a week. Volunteer routes are tight. We'll try to keep them in your own neighborhood. If you pick the day of the week when you can volunteer and you come in, you pick up the food, or maybe it's out at the South Shore, Pick up. You have insulated bags. You deliver the tent. You may be done in an hour. We try to make them the routes as, as tight as possible, but we can always use more volunteers as we grow. And where can they sign up? Just call the office at Meals on Wheels of Staten Island. Go on our website, Meals on Wheels of Staten Island, and it, there's a on the top volunteer. You can click volunteer and, and make the connection. Cool. Social handles at Meals on Wheels of Staten Island on every social media platform. That's where you want to follow them. We want to. Shout out to Subaru. Share the love event one more time. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank, thank you. you to LaBella. And again, anyone watching, listening. Tommy Byers, South Shore Kiwanis. Tommy Byers, South Shore Kiwanis. All the restaurants. and uh, The restaurants. And we sold, oh God, it's 250 gift cards. That's right? great. And I, one other plug, I call it a win-win because it's a win for Meals on Wheels because it's a fundraiser. Right. Yeah. It's a win for the donor because for a $75 ticket, you're getting a $50 gift card, and you can also buy chances to win a 50-50 right. or a raffle prize. And it's a win for the restaurants because they, their gift cards are going to be used by people who are going to go there and, and use back. their gift card hey. and maybe spend another $20, $50. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So the I, best love, case, I, I love it. Everybody wins it. Best the case, they lose the gift card. Yeah, the I'm only, saying that as a fellow they lose former restaurant. The, the only oh. is when you purchase your gift card and then the restaurant closes down. After you got your fifty dollars gift card, happened. that no, was that, that didn't. It was no, that didn't happen. 
<laughs> no, it didn't. Was it? In, what, did oh, it? Meals on Wheels made right. They oh, gave a $50. Uh, we made instead. good on that. Yeah. I made good on that. That's actually, you're right, because I remember Roseanne calling. I think that was like a $500 thing it cost me. That's all right. <laughs> Roseanne Holt is out. Something else. <laughs> I'm really, now, now Rap's going to ask me and no longer be on the podcast. No. No, I should throw in, Roseanne Holt is our vice president, chief operating officer. She does a tremendous job Fantastic with all woman. of this. Right. All the fundraising, all the volunteer oversight. Uh, she makes things happen. Yeah. And uh, I just have to, if she gets to see this, Roseanne, great. Oh, we're going to send it to her. John, Medora, all the staff, just thank everybody. Uh, everybody. No, <laughs> the really. The board. Everybody. And the board of directors, which, which, who are wonderful and are ready to Your get chairman, involved in everything yeah, we do. Yeah, thank you. It's one of the great I said people. to thank the chairman. I just show up to meetings every once in a while and give rap work. That's, That's my right. whole goal on the board. It's true. It's all he does. So once again, Joe Tonella, thank you for being thank with you. us. Thank Anyone who much. is uh, watching or listening right now, we encourage you to hit that like button, subscribe button, follow us. We are M Squared. I'm Anthony Rap, and that's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one.